0: hello everybody and welcome to the something something podcast my name is eric kasloff and with me as always is larry sands how's it going larry
1: everything is great eric everything is great uh so did you get your blue check mark by your name yet no not yet okay because because i don't know if if everybody had listened to our our last episode Oh, i
0: completely forgot about that
1: <laughs> how could you eric
0: i forgot we talked about it on the show but i haven't <laughs> forgot about the incident even though i'm saying i haven't it constantly lives in the back of my mind <laughs> eating at me
1: and the oh. gut of my stomach well you you better get your check mark by your name because you've yeah. arrived apparently so um,
0: if you're wondering what I'm if you're, you know, a new listener, um, I got trolled by someone I might be related to in a weird <laughs> way. And here's the thing they made fun of me for being successful, for having made a movie this year, ran a film festival.
1: So, yeah, those are all good reasons to make fun of somebody. Uh, those are the greatest reasons of all. And. You know, I I do have to hand it to you and, you know, and to me too, Eric, you know, looking back um, over this last year and obviously we're going to do our wrap up show, right? Yeah, Uh, this
0: is our last guest of the year, but not
1: our last show of the year. Yes, but I I think it is worth mentioning. And I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, You know, it in some ways it's it's easy to be creative but in other ways it's much harder um i i think back when 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 i worked at universal living in los angeles and doing the acting thing right and i would always have to wait for other people to um to cast me uh, or to go to an audition and it it kind of gets you down when you wait for other people, you know? Yeah. Um, and what I have really found in this last couple years, um, you know, obviously doing the podcast, uh, meeting the people that we have with our podcast, um, it, it, it's really made me um, realize that really, like we're doing everything that we've wanted to do yeah and and we don't necessarily need to wait for anybody um although you know um having the money helps the money people (laughs) well yeah yeah but even i mean look at what we did i mean we you know we raised money obviously for our movie you know and we did it we did our our film festival we did it and it's just you know when you're motivated because uh you see stuff happening yeah that i think makes a difference because when you're waiting for other people it kind of i don't know about you but for me it wore on me a lot right always having to wait and to be cast and blah 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 but now you know doing the the behind the the camera stuff and and doing the film festival doing the movie we've really, really been motivating ourselves, you know, and just really, really doing it. And there's, and, and I find more, more often than not anymore is there's a lot of people out there doing it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I know we're We're tying this in with our guests. I mean, the whole thing to me, um, with being an independent artist of any kind and what's funny with me and I was thinking about this you are much more into like heavy metal glam rock stuff like that and it, yeah. it's kind of like the way you think is always much bigger and elaborate than the way I think because I'm much more into punk rock, well, pop punk, you know, like Green Day Blink, but also, you know, some of the harder stuff. And a lot of that stuff is more DIY, you know, nitty gritty. Okay, the chords might not sound perfect, but just do it, make it happen yourself. And I've been listening to the Dave Grohl book. And Mm. I also bought a physical copy of it because I'm weird like that. And just listening to him talk about traveling with the band Scream and all the smaller punk rock shows he did. It's been making me appreciate music more and more. And I try to have an eclectic ear. I mean, you always hear people say, I like everything but country. No, I like country. And I'm not going to do the whole thing, you know, the older stuff. No, I like the older stuff, but... I really dig what's called by some mainstream media people, Walmart country. Okay. Wait, what's
1: Walmart country.
0: It's like, you know, the, the guy who does the Applebee's, the song of the Applebee's (laughs) song, stuff like that, you know, more modern radio friendly. Okay. Okay. But I also like, you know, getting into deeper stuff when it comes to that. And our guest today is a very, very talented artist who you found. Um, tell us the story, how you found.
1: Okay, this is like the crazy, it's not crazy, but you know, wh- okay, so like I took my mom a, a few weeks ago to a holiday market um, in Green, Texas. It, it, it obviously sounds like it's green, but it, it looks like it's pronounced Gruen. But, uh, which is like a cool thing, but it's a small okay. little, um, artistic, uh, community. And, um, so we went over there, you know, did some holiday looking around and stuff. And what, what's better than going holiday shopping in like 80 degree weather? I don't know. On the oh, floor. Everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah, <I> know, right? <laughs> but, but so we go and we sit down and, uh, in this little courtyard and, um, I see our our next guest, she gets up and she's setting up. And, you know, there's something I think very pure about having the audience watch you set up. And I think, I don't know, you ever get used to it because I remember, you know, being in LA in our band, like we'd set up and we'd tear down and I'd be like, oh, geez, God, everybody's got to, and I was the drummer. (laughs) I had the most stuff. Everybody else would just unplug and put their guitar away and walk off. And I'd be like, Oh shit, I got it. I'm doing all this stuff and moving on my, just help me move it off stage. Right. And then, so she's up there and, um, and it really is just her and her guitar, which I love like acoustic stuff. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And, and I was like, okay, cool. This is going to be cool. And then she played and I thought, Whoa, that's really heavy stuff because, I mean, not only it, you can hear how talented she is, but she's got a really great voice. Very much. I
0: was listening yes. to her stuff on, on YouTube today, I followed her Instagram link, and I was really impressed.
1: Yes, yes. It's absolutely amazing. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and bring her on. Um, Hannah?
2: Thank you guys so much.
1: (laughs) You're welcome. Um,
2: Yeah, no, I've actually been told that a majority of the songs that I do in my set are very sad and very deep. (sighs) But I do kind of feel like those songs are the most moving. And and when you can hear like an artist play something like that in a record, that it just it touches you a lot more than, you know, any fun, like upbeat song that you're really going to. Really gonna hear and there's a lot more flexibility um, vocally. Like whenever you're doing a song that's slower, you can add a lot more stuff to it. You can add a lot more emotion, and um, so yeah, that's always kind of been important to me. Um, thanks, you guys, for for listening to me and and for coming to Green Grove that day. That was that was awesome. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, it, it absolutely uh, it blew my mind because like. Um, you do a great, uh, like the covers that, um, that I had heard is um, Stevie Nicks, right, Ooh. Fleetwood Mac and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when you start out, I think doing covers, other people, and I don't know how you feel about this, Hannah, but I think you have to give people a flavor of who you are and what you're about. Yeah, you kind of have to
2: like read the crowd and see what they're going to want to hear in that moment. Because sometimes when it's a smaller and more intimate crowd, you want to play more of your like originals when like Mm -hmm. the most emotional stuff. But when there's a really big crowd, you kind of just want to do a crowd pleaser so everyone can can sing along and and enjoy it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of crowd, this crowd, they probably would have loved Freebird. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> From, <laughs> but but who doesn't love freebird right From yeah. yeah. but um but no for real you you've got a really great voice and how long have you have you been a musician
2: so ever since i was like 5 or 6 years old i knew that
1: i wanted to be a
2: singer um but I started gigging probably in 2018 or 2019 and it started off really slowly like I would do maybe I think in 2018 I probably had like 30 shows in the whole year I probably would do like one or two a month and that was like a really big deal to me then like when I had when I had one show and um 2019 I started to get more like frequently frequently into it um I was playing at this restaurant that I worked at um so I had a really good foot in the door because I also served there and whenever um she just needed someone to fill in really fast she'd be like hey Hannah can you come play on Saturday and I've actually like gone to work that morning and then like the musician that's supposed to be there that day canceled and she was like hey you can go home grab your stuff and come back and play that's awesome Um, So that was, that was really fun. Um, and then, um, once I started playing there regularly, I started like finally booking other things. So, you know, it started off really small and, um, you know, when 2020 came around, everything was, you know, everything was dead. There was nothing to, to look forward to as a musician, everything was just kind of like halted. And, um, it was hard for a lot of musicians. I know it was really hard for me. I honestly didn't even feel like a musician anymore. I kind of uh, just didn't have any motivation, even like want to play because it was yeah. nothing to look forward to. Yeah. And so coming back into 2021, um, it was great because um, I'm not sure where I started. Oh, I started my first show after COVID was in Waco, Texas at Magnolia. Okay. Um, the Chip and Joanna Gaines have the big, mm-hmm. you know, Magnolia silos thing. I started playing there. I think 2019 was the first time I played there for a celebration event. And um, then I was supposed to play again for spring in the silos in March of 20. It was either 2019 or 2020. It was, I think it was 2020 when everything like went down. Oh, yeah because it was canceled the day before it was canceled Ah. the day before because that was like it was right when it happened and so um so the first place that I played at when COVID was over was at Magnolia they had me play at their like coffee shop on the patio Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and um so I started playing there like regularly like maybe two or three times a month just at the coffee shop and um Um, I love playing for them. It's a very professional gig. They're very, they handle everything very professionally. There's a lot of paperwork. (laughs)
3: Really?
2: Um, Yeah. And then whenever, you know, I started booking at Magnolia and then I started like booking at like restaurants again, because that's kind of where I, that's kind of where I knew I was playing mostly at restaurants at that time. And um, my mom and me, we both work for the local radio station here in New Braunfels. And... um, she was telling me that green Grove, the place that you saw me play, they were hiring, um, they're looking for acoustic musicians. And so I had, you know, I had emailed him basically my, my spiel, yeah. um, kind of the music that I do, the places that I've played. And, and so he had me play and then I played a couple times and the owner, his name is Chris, Chris Rue. He, um, he offered me my first residency and oh. that kind of changed everything for me. Um, once I started playing every single Saturday at green Grove from, it was either 12 to three or three to six. Um, you know, I, I matured a lot vocally as, you know, playing, having a gig every single Saturday
1: yeah,
2: and, you know, practicing more and everything. And since I had that, it was a lot easier to start booking other gigs. And so this year has been the first year that I've actually been comfortable as you know, financially as a musician, yeah. I could basic, I have four, I have four jobs actually. Yeah. But I, if, if every month was, was the way that December had been December's been and November and October, even August um, it's been a really, really, really good year for me coming back out of COVID was, I couldn't have asked for it to, to go any better than it did. I had my first gig out of state this oh. year okay. in what Las left? Vegas. Yeah. I was in Las Vegas. Whoa. For, uh, it was like, it was a corporate company, so you know it was really, really awesome. I, you know, got my my plane played paid for and my hotel paid oh, for. Man, it was for a national women in roofing conference. So they had like a little get together where they had like drinks and hors d'oeuvres, and they wanted some like entertainment. Okay. Uh-huh. My dad and my stepmom own a roofing company in Tennessee, so they go to this thing every year. And they're really close with like the people who organize it. And they had asked my stepmom if I would want to be the musician this year.
3: And it was
2: really, you know, having those connections is kind of like the main thing about booking gigs and like meeting those people, like networking, having those connections is a really big, big deal. Um, And so, yeah, now I'm like, usually fully booked every month, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I've got a show tomorrow back in Magnolia yeah.
3: um,
2: for Christmas in the silos. I'll be back at green Grove on Saturday. And then, um, most Sundays I play at this, uh, winery in Wimberley called social in the square. Um, so I've, t- I've just met a lot of really good people this year that, that have, you know, believed in me, but I have been singing. I have been singing for a while, um, my mom was actually a singer. She she was in a blues band when I was younger, so she kind of introduced me to a lot of the the music that I sing and play today. And um, also, one of my biggest supporters is my mom. I love her. And um, yeah, that was kind of kind of where I started off. I started playing guitar when I was in middle school, but I didn't really i. Honestly, I don't even like to tell people when I started playing guitar because for how long that I've been playing guitar, I should be a lot better.
3: But I do <laughs> okay. I
2: do focus on like the vocal aspect of my shows and like try to sound better than, than yeah you know, my guitar. Yeah. Um, but yeah.
1: I mean, one thing you don't want somebody to do is go, man, she played that guitar great. Did she sing? I think so. I think so. (laughs) I think so. So when we talk about COVID, I mean,
0: it hurt all the arts, but especially musicians, because I don't think people understand right now how live music is really the backbone of music right now. CD sales, it's like Live music and vinyl are the only things in music now that make a real income, you know, with streaming services. And yeah. hey, I, I love Spotify. Spotify. I have this huge Spotify plan that's going to be ridiculously <laughs> funny mm-hmm. next year. But now that's high events of COVID, do you think that the sadness that came over everyone with COVID Do you think that helped you in a weird way as a musician with your songwriting as a singer songwriter?
2: I I would say so. I think actually a lot of good things came out of COVID and, you know, a lot of bad things too, but, but you, you got to focus on the silver lining. I, I wrote a couple songs during COVID that, that I actually like it's the, the ratio to songs that I've written that I like compared to the ones that I hate is, is shocking actually mm. um but I wrote probably one of the first songs that I actually loved um and COVID during COVID it was during Snowvid. it was right when everyone was snowed in we couldn't really okay. we couldn't drive anywhere I was like so cold in my apartment because you know they were rolling the blackout so we would have we would have electricity for like two two three hours and then it would be out for like eight hours and then I'd come back on for like another two or three hours and it'd be out for like another five hours. Like it, it was just like, it was terrible. So as soon as, as soon as the electricity would come back on, it'd like crank up all my heater <laughs> and I'd like make the apartment warm again. So it would try and last as long as it could.
0: So when you guys were going through snowbird, I live in Jersey. So I would just like, yeah, we called that Tuesday. What you guys are going through.
2: Yeah. I wish the Texas had been a little more prepared for, for everything. And it wasn't like that awful. It was just mainly the electricity thing. I knew yeah. a lot of people that didn't have like working water. Yeah. Um, thankfully my water didn't stop working, but like the electricity for how cold it was for a Texan was a little scary. Oh yeah. Oh
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: it was all bundled up. It was pretty, it was pretty cool to see the snow. Um yeah. and see how how much it snowed here in
1: Texas yeah but um how do you yeah. how do you write songs like what do you do you do you, are you are you the type I'm not of songwriter
2: of those, I'm just not one of those people that really has a process and I feel like a lot of people are the same way if I have an idea for a song I actually have a notes in my phone where I, if I think of like a really cool line I'll like write it down and there's like a whole bunch of different like a whole bunch of different lines, but they relate to different things. So, you know, if I'm writing a song and I'm like, well, this is, you know, about this, so I'll, I'll look in my notes and see if I have anything that correlates to that. Um, I have a rhyming dictionary as well as oh Google. My. Um, it's kind of impossible for me to write a song that doesn't rhyme. I've never written a song that doesn't have that, that rhyme scheme. <laughs> I'm trying, but it's, I just feel like it, it sounds better and it like goes together better. And I end up liking it more when I have it, when I have it rhyme yeah Um. but usually when I write a song it's like I have this idea and then I like brainstorm it and I just kind of think really hard about every angle that someone would go in the situation like not thinking from my perspective if I was if I was someone else my mom would give me like different prompts to write in like she would tell me like write the song as if you were homeless and oh. like you know you had no food and water she would she actually gave me this, this notebook, I think last Christmas that has a thousand prompts, just like random wow. things to, to write about. And, um, normally when I would sit down and write a song, I don't, I don't plan it. Like it, it just like happens. And then the, the song usually comes out like, like yeah. that. It, it yeah. usually like happens within like 30 minutes. I have like a new song and I either hate it or I love it. Or it's like, it's halfway done. I usually don't always finish it. I'll write like maybe a verse and a chorus or maybe two verses and, um, and I'll go back once I've, you know, have some time to think about the song and think of how to, how to fix it, how to make it better. But yeah, I, I wish I was one of those people that had like a, like a process of how I did it because that would be a lot easier for sure. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, usually they just kind of spew out of me and, um, I'll spend some time like revising and editing some of them. Cause there's songs that I wrote when I was, when I was a lot younger that I never finished. And then I like go back and I like fix it kind of like change up some of the lyrics and then I fix it up and then I end up liking it, but I didn't originally. And I couldn't put, I couldn't really fix it then because I hadn't experienced what I had now. So I have like different ways to think about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you pull from, uh, from personal experience as well? Yeah. Uh, When you write. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's that like for you, especially being up on stage, if it's something that that you've written and it's come from a personal experience, um, what is that like being up on stage and, and doing that like in front of people?
2: I, I honestly kind of love it because it's, it's really, it's really intimate. And it's something that that the crowd is learning about you. And I've been told by one of my friend musicians to never explain a song before you go up there, because they're going to want to interpret it different ways, you know, because they, you know, and so I, you know, I'll tell them, you know, this is a song I wrote, and then I'll, I'll play it. And um, sometimes I'll have people come up to me and they're like, wow, I really loved that song. And yeah it feels great when you know someone else can 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 tell you that they have related to something that you've written like that that's why I try really hard to to write songs that are relatable you know it's it's the best way to connect with your with your audience Mm -hmm. um but yeah I I love it I do so it It does kind of suck when you're when you're playing to a to a crowd and, and you know it's kind of like resembling a dead fish like no one's no one's like connecting no one's clapping no one's really like there yeah that that's that is rough sometimes but you know you just got to remember like it's your job like you're gonna have good days and bad days
3: yeah
0: with that when you're performing and it seems like you know everyone's a dead fish but do you ever like notice that one person in the audience who's digging it and that changes everything
2: yeah Awesome. Yeah. Usually, usually if I'm playing show and I can, I can see that they're not invested, but there's like this one group of people that are, there's like one person or two people. It makes me more confident in the way that I'm singing. Cause I know that someone's listening. Like I get more into it. I get like more, I get more excited, you know? And, um, so yeah, that, that always, that does make a difference for sure
1: that's cool and here's a public service announcement for everybody out there if you're ever at a show and this really goes for anybody um is and and if they're up there as a musician they're laying their their soul bare for your listening pleasure at least acknowledge and (laughs) clap clap. that's all you gotta do that's all you gotta do that's all you gotta do that's amazing um uh, with the process to go back to, to songwriting, or I guess it would be because you're a singer songwriter and you played the guitar. Um, uh, I just forgot what I was going to say. It was going to be the most brilliant. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> it
2: it just, I kind of thought a lot too.
1: <laughs> it just, it, it was going to be the most brilliant love song. Uh, I don't know. It, yeah, it just goes away. So, when okay. you're profile, I'll take
0: something, Larry, till so you're ready to go. Okay, go. When you're, you know, getting your set list ready, do you plan out, like, okay, I guess I'll open up with a cover to get the crowd going. Then I'll, do you even make a set list?
2: I have a set list. Um, but I normally kind of just like, like pick randomly, honestly. I'll, I'll usually start and finish like I'll start with a usually when I start a gig, my vocal cords aren't as warmed up. So I'll start with like an easier song for me to sing. And then I'll start with kind of like my easier songs to sing in the first like 30 to 45 minutes. And then the second set and the last set Because normally my my sets are three hours long. So I separate them the first hour and then I take a 15 minute break. I do 45, 15 minute break and then 45. And so usually my last two breaks, like my middle breaks, usually the best. It's usually like, I'm really into it. I'm doing those like belting songs and um, same thing with like my last set, but the last set I'm kind of like, you know, strained a little bit, not fully, but I usually want to do those, those intense hard songs in the middle and I'll start off with the easier ones. But usually I'll start off and end with a song that I know that people will enjoy rather than like an original i don't usually start or finish with an original sometimes i'll finish with one um but i usually won't start with an original i'll start with usually a cover and i don't i don't have a process of which i pick first i honestly half of the songs on my set list aren't even my full set list i have like another page of like songs that that should be on there sorry um but But it's hard to get them all fit on one page. (laughs) Yeah. So,
3: yeah. Do you sometimes... Oh, sorry.
0: Go on, go on.
2: You're good. That was it.
0: Do you sometimes tailor your set list to where you are? Like, okay, the people in this area will like this type of stuff more than this other type of song.
2: I mean, usually, but a majority of my shows are all in the Hill Country. So a lot of my songs are... um, country blues americana folk um a little bit of kind of just a little bit of everything um i would describe myself as an americana and folk artist um i'd like to be a blues artist but you can't really be bluesy by yourself um i do enjoy like the raspier like deeper songs um But sometimes I can also really enjoy my like falsetto songs that are really like light and delicate as well.
1: Now here's an observation, just one crazy thing. Now everybody that's listening to this, so they, they know you have, have, they do, you do three sets. And so maybe somebody will come up as you're setting up and they've heard this podcast and they've, you know, heard what you've been talking about. They go, okay, wait, is this your first or second set? Because I know your second set, (laughs) you're going to be a little bit more warmed up. So like, are you just going to go like a little bit heavier in this set? And I, I would, that would be like the coolest thing ever is to have somebody come up and go, is this your first or second set? Are you okay for your third set? (laughs) Yeah.
3: Cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. That's funny.
1: Um, You know, and I think to, to go back to what you had said about, you know, it's, it's funny and weird and strange to, to be a creative person. And maybe, maybe people who aren't into like, um, being a musician or because it's, it's when you're a musician, it's different than when you're a filmmaker. Than when you're uh, writing a book, although you're still a writer, you, you have, you're writing for a melody for your guitar for whatever. Um, it, it, it is hard because it, and it's very different when you, when you, and this may be like a no brainer, but when you're in your room like and you're maybe rehearsing but it's so much more different than when you're in front of people yeah and i i think you know when when all this was going on and and eric i think you know not not just for you um hannah but for everybody because we all kind of have lost that spark almost of of when everything was going and rolling, you know, you had bands, you had, you know, all kinds of happy stuff. And then it just kind of shut down and we're kind of getting back to how life used to be, but I don't know if it's, if it's me, it just, it doesn't feel the same right now. I think everybody's still trying to find who they are in this thing.
2: I actually have a, quite a few friends that, that, you know, and I also consider myself an introverted person. Um, I'm probably in like an extroverted introvert. Um, I like, you know, I like talking to people and stuff, but at the end of the day, I really, I really prefer my alone time. And I have some friends that were very introverted and, you know, you spend a lot of time by yourself and like with your family or your, you know, your closest friends and like for, you know, months on end, and getting back out there was really scary. And I know plenty of people that developed like social anxiety, yeah. getting out of COVID and like socializing again and like not being, you know, stuck in your, your, you know, your personal bubble. Yeah. And I kind of felt the same way, like getting back out there after COVID was a little, it was a little nerve wracking and I'm still, I'm still getting used to it. Um. I'd, it's not even fully gone though. Like we're still, we're still in this and then yeah. Yeah. cases are still rising and COVID's still out there. So it's, it's scary that it could, you know, go back to as bad as it was before. Yeah. Um, I have hope yeah. that, that, you know, we've learned our lesson and people will try and take things a little more seriously so that, you know, all my shows, all the events, nothing's canceled. Like it was for like a whole year.
3: Yeah.
2: Cause that, that truly, was terrible
1: (laughs) yes yes it was um i think now would be a good time because we've heard you talk oh wait a minute before because i was going to say let's have you play a little something but i want to talk about a little bit about your influences okay who 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 is the most when i say influences what automatically comes to mind john lennon Oh. Oh, okay.
3: oh snap biscuits now okay. big yeah. Beatles
0: fan overall or John was your is your favorite
2: I was no I'm a pretty big Beatles fan but I think John Lennon like once you know the group the group had broken up and everything he continued to to make a song and pretty much every genre he could he he was just a genius like the the songs that he wrote and like every genre that he conquered and Everything that he stood for, he's just one of those people that I really, that I really look up to. And um, especially musically, mostly musically. Mm -hmm. I loved his, you know, his double fantasy album with Yoko Ono. I'm not a huge fan of Yoko Ono.
0: No one is.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he, like, he knew exactly, because, you know, she's not the best singer. She's not, she's not. But he knew exactly how to make her sound good in that album. Like, she's not it's i don't know it's just crazy how he knew exactly what he was doing with every genre he did you know country blues funk um like just everything and i want to be able to do that when i'm when i'm older i want to be able to you know release a jazz album i was a jazz vocalist in high school um for the jazz band i love jazz to this day i still i would love to be in a jazz band my overall favorite thing to sing is country, but I also love, love to sing the blues. Um, and I think that there's just a lot of things I've, that I want to, that I want to be able to say that I've done musically. I've actually been on a, an, an R and track. I'm singing in an R and song oh, with wow. a couple of friends. I went to audio engineering Institute with, wow. and it's funny to, to even hear me sing like that. It's mostly it's mostly just like oohs and ahs. I have one verse at the end. I'm not like rapping, but but yeah. it's still you know it's not country. It's different, and I yeah. I want to you know have a variety.
1: Well, Hannah, I'm gonna challenge you. Let's not wait till you're older. How about how about you like put something together? Because look, it, you know, and it's kind of like what I was saying at the top of the show with Eric and I is you know it it's good to have, and I, I have this in Eric, I have a good bouncing, like a soundboard, right? Whenever I have an idea, Eric will go, yeah, okay, cool, let's do it. Or he'll go, no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I mean, I think now is probably the most best time to, to showcase what everybody has. Actually, Eric and I were just talking about this the other day is you know, with everything that we're doing, I mean, you know, we're we're out there, we're doing our thing. And I feel that as a musician, um, and, and to a certain extent, you know, like writing a book, it takes so long apparently, and I understand why. But to be a, a, a musician, you have an opportunity to literally just pick up an instrument, your guitar, you play the piano, and... And this sounds easy to me because obviously, you know, I, I I don't do it, but you have a great, great opportunity to match your talent to do anything you want. And and to hear you say, like, you want to do jazz, you want to do blues, you want to do all this stuff, and I'm like, go for it. Right? Oh. You know I
2: plan on it. I hope I, I hope yeah. I you know get it done sooner than later i am actually in the process of recording my my first album right now
0: yeah. oh okay that's what i want to hear awesome. yeah
2: so uh i'm not sure if you know who zach walter and matthew briggs are uh but they're part of the zach walter band okay. and matthew briggs plays the drums he does most of the producing and zach walter actually he taught me guitar lessons and vocal lessons when i was younger and i've always known that they you know, produce, and record all their own stuff, they send their stuff to get mixed and mastered by somebody else and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I love all of their music. They're very, very much what I want this album to sound like. So cool. I'm very, very excited. Um, we should be recording sometime within this next couple, next couple of weeks. Oh. And so um, I'm really excited. It's more like an EP than like a full album.
0: Yeah. It's Um, still amazing though, you know, like there are a thousand, a hundred million other artists out there who don't have the guts or the intuitiveness to do what you're doing. Like I always say when it comes to me, there are a million better filmmakers, but I'm the only one stupid enough to not stop. So, you know, that's awesome that you're doing an EP and you know what? No, to you, it's an album. Don't just call it an yeah. EP. You know, you're putting your heart and soul yeah. out there.
1: Yeah. 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 And I, I I have to, this is another thing too, you know, when I was doing and Eric, you and I have talked about this too, but when I was doing commercials and stuff, like I'd get embarrassed, like, Oh, I'm okay. Oh, 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 oh. But there's something to be, like an artist, a musician, an actor. And it's okay to be like, that's my that's my song. Oh my God. You know, and, and it's okay to be proud of, of everything that you're doing. Um, and it is also
0: definitely okay if you're with your friend at Puzzle Zoo in Los Angeles and you <laughs> and another friend hide, then point at your friend and scream, oh my God, it's the guy from the V8 splash commercial. <laughs> That is perfectly yeah.
3: okay. Yeah, those moments do. are awesome.
1: <laughs> it's it's good, you know, it it's good to have that because you know, wherever you end up in 10, 15 years, it's always good to have somebody go, "You know what, man, I remember" I remember when you just were writing that song and now listen to it. It's on the radio or it's been on the radio or it's just, it's absolutely amazing. And it's, and it's a great feeling. Yeah. It may be a little embarrassing, but that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> it's good. I um, love it.
2: Whenever I have a friend text me, I, there was this guy I went to high school with that I wasn't, you know, we weren't really friends. I mean, I, we were friends, but like, we weren't close. Yeah. And he had DM'd me on Instagram the other day, and he was like, "I just heard your song in subway, like on the radio." He was like, "That's so cool," and (laughs) I was just like, "Awesome." I recorded that song when I was 15 years old, so my my voice is so premature. It was the first song I ever like wrote wrote, and it I honestly despise that song just because I've played it so many times, and it's like it's just nothing near as what something I would write today. Yeah, but I still have to. People do get to hear it. I actually had a show last Friday and I played it and I usually don't play that song, it's called Hometown. Mm -hmm. And um, I played it and after the show, I was sitting there um, with my friends and he comes up and he's like, "I I love that song you did from the radio. And I was like, which one? He was like, Hometown, your song. And I was like, I don't think I've ever had anybody come up to me and recognize a song that I've sang like up doing it live from the radio and it was just crazy because oh. it wasn't even in New Braunfels it was in Spring Branch it's still in this you know in the hill country but you know, usually I'd get something like that from from people like KMBT listeners because you know KMBT listeners listen every single day and I see them all the time in green um, and I know, I'm friends with most of them so it's different it was a it was a total stranger who knew my song so it was yeah. that was a really good feeling
1: that's cool. That's very cool. That's super cool. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, now the time has come. Hannah. <clears throat> yes, we, And, and, and I don't know what you're going to play. Um, I just, I hope, I hope it's a good song. Ready for <laughs> it. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it.
2: All right. Well, I was thinking of playing the song that I wrote. During snow bed.
1: awesome. Okay,
3: yeah, but she- it's okay. <laughs> the color of the yellow moon stars tonight lets me know. Everything is gonna be all right it'll shine right above me till the end when Tuesday starts to feel like it's going south you over here in by the word of mouth I hope you wouldn't hear it But you did Cause That yellow moon Knows what you've been The sun goes down. I'm singing to you. Everybody has their own way of coping, and I'll rest here every day just hoping for change in my stride and I've been walking through these flames for far too I guess we all get like... The sun goes down.
1: I could right when you when you play, I could feel it. But when you started to sing, I felt it. I (laughs) could man, oh man. Hannah, you are absolutely oh my god. Okay. That was beautiful. Okay. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Oh man. (laughs) Well,
0: everyone, I think that is the best way we could end the show. Um, Hannah, thank you again for coming on. The links so to much. all of, the links to all of Hannah's social media will be in the description if you're listening in on Anchor, and if you're not, we will make sure to tag her in all of our social medias when yes. this episode goes up. Actually, hey, I everybody-
1: have a quick. I have a quick. Um, where. So, where can people hear your music and find out more about it?
2: <clears throat> okay, so I'm oh, as soon as as soon as this album is finished being recorded, I'm going to post it all over my. I've, if you're following me on any type of social media like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, um, Twitter, like I'm on all of it. Hannah Swan is spelled differently; it just has two N's and Swan. But you normally can find me on all social medias. I'm really good about posting and like keeping up on my social media. So as soon as like as soon as we probably have our first recording session, I'm going to be posting about it.
3: Awesome. And I'll keep awesome.
2: updating all of my followers about awesome. you know when when you can buy it on pre-sale and cool. um, where you can where you can buy it, whether it's you know Apple, Spotify, Soundcloud, um whatever it may be. Um, I'll also be selling CDs, so I'll have those with me at my shows. If you follow me on social media, you can see where I'm going to be playing. For now, the only place you can hear those originals is live
1: uh, or on the podcast. Uh, yes, <laughs> okay. Yes, actually, um, I think I think we should have you more uh, have you back more on the show just to have you sing, and that's it. You can just like soothe everybody with <laughs> your music, but. <laughs> I would like to be the first one to to um, ask if when you when you know you're gonna release your album, we would love to have you. Definitely, back Definitely, yeah. We I would, would love that. Do. Awesome. We'd love to have you back on, um, Hannah. Thank you so so much. That you know, Eric and I are big into people saying yes. Who knows where it'll take you? That's and thank right. you for saying yes for being on Absolutely. the show i appreciate that a lot um yeah,
2: thank you for having me
0: yes
1: thank yes. you for
0: coming on and we can't wait to have you back well everyone the only other episode you're gonna hear this year from us is the year end wrap-up and i just want to thank all of our listeners thank hannah one more time for coming on and remember everybody support our troops